0: Are you guys? Are you guys already recording yourselves? Because if so, we can still yep. use all this audio.
1: I am recording. Hey, nice! I, <laughs> oh, I cool. certainly am now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Launching Google Chrome. No, I don't want to make it the default browser. God fucking damn it! Just let it be for now. No, I, it's okay. I just didn't want to. Oh boy! Hey, this is the pre-roll
2: this time, guys. We're having like a lot of fun, like trying to like figure out how we can all talk to each other because <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> I I've got some even better pre-roll for you. Oh, is it so? Here I am staring at the cover. me like of- a hurricane. <laughs> here I am.
1: Bam,
2: bam. Rock, Rock me like a
1: hurricane.
2: Yeah, I know. That song. Continue.
1: See, yeah.
2: i I'm, I'm sitting here staring at the player's handbook, and you guys know how I like to spoonerize things. And what I'm thinking is the hands playbook, and it's like if you're playing college football. Where you have a playbook so you know what your team does, but it's for your hand, and it's just all the things your hand does. Dude, that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got like it's got like high fives in there. It's <laughs> got like finger guns, and so then also this playbook would have to have things like rolling the dice because you do that with your hand.
1: <laughs>
0: It's funny because, like, I've been tuned out for this entire conversation because I've been trying to resolve these fucking nightmarish tech difficulties, and T's just been unchecked sitting here saying a completely insane thing about a handbook that like <laughs> does things that you do with your hands. It's a hand playbook. Why, why haven't you guys been stopping him? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I've been, mean, uh, it? I've been, I've been looking up taglines for uh, our award-winning podcast. Still interested? That this. Oh is yeah, right. For. The, so the fuck yeah, me again.
2: We have to let this hand playbook reach its logical conclusion, which is that it's also got instructions on how to jack it. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of when in primary school, I was a really attentive student who had no interest in masturbating. And my friends were... (laughs) And my friends... You know. My friends were really... They were really inattentive students who had interest in masturbating, and so... Unfortunately, at the end of the day, they realised they hadn't paid attention in the sex ed class when we were taught how to masturbate by our female <laughs> teacher. And that is not
1: true. That this is. is true. Are you kidding me?
2: This is true. This is and poor so, one, Tom. This is so, Tom. You've misremembered. One day, on um, at <laughs> like 45 at College Park, there I was, begrudgingly answering. Questions on how to jacket from a couple of boys in my class because they hadn't paid attention in school. T,
3: what do, what did we do for you to have to like for you to make us listen to this? Like, what did we? Did we? Hurt you them? moved away
2: from me, Jackson, and all you deserve is pain in response.
3: Well,
0: T's like um, charged particles of the same charge, where, like, when they're far away, they try and repel each other further, but when you get physically close <laughs> enough to him, the, the attraction becomes a strong attraction rather than a repulsion. Jesus, uh, do you think that hand
1: playbook is good? Gonna- <laughs> do
0: you think there was anything there?
1: Yeah, I think it's fine. This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and ale. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. From the wounds of battle come three unlikely partners, trying to make sense of something much larger than themselves. But more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons.
0: Hello, and welcome back to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. It's our most displaced edition yet. I am, as always, your still-in-Perth, but only for, like, 24 more hours dungeon master, Ben McAllister.
3: I am your still-in-Sydney, but only for the rest of the recorded time, Jackson (laughs)
2: Eustard. I am your, the only one who seems to never leave Perth, Thomas Owen.
1: And I'm your, oh god... I'm in Ireland again. Yeah, That's wow, Emerald,
0: Emerald Isle Correspondent once more. Yeah, Grace yeah. only goes to Ireland, though. That's huh. the thing. Huh. What are you, Irish or no. something?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Classic grain waves. Uh, all right. Nothing. So, yeah, this is weird. This is fun. I'm sitting here in a room with just tea. This is um the least... Like, no coffee yeah just tea no coffee or straight tea no chaser which should be the name of your spoken word album
2: um, <laughs> I refuse to let any of the guys from the chaser have any features yeah, no, on there's it there's no chaser
0: even though they all wanted to come on you were like no this is straight tea no chaser yeah you're yeah. so good at comedy though <laughs> hey so yeah this is bit like it's, it's just Tom and I in the room here so everything's getting very s- yeah. You know, I've got my um, red clown nose
2: on and my Groucho masks glasses. And B-Man can't see it, but on my side of the card table, I've got my dick out.
0: Oh, dude, I can't see it. You're um, right. And for that, I'm thankful. It's so silly screens. and so fun.
3: Yeah, thanks, Wizards of the Coast, <laughs> for providing me with this dick screen. <laughs>
0: Well, considering we don't have uh, each other's physical presences to, to keep us uh, warm and full of joy, why don't we just just press press forward and hope that at least Trasilia Duncan and Jodie's having each other's physical presences will, will bleed out into our reality. And I recommend we do that by, by doing a little bit of a recap of our podcast, How to Win Luton Influence Dragons. I really hope none of them bleed out this episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope they all bleed out this episode.
0: When we last left our heroes, they were leaving the safe haven of Analore in order to travel to the place Jody grew up, Espera, in order to confront his past and learn what they could of the king's interest in the place. They traveled via the web, and after finding an interesting broken obelisk, they eventually made their way back into the material plane in a room underneath Espera. Upon surfacing, they found that a group of bandits had taken over the monastery, and were living there under the pretense of being the remainder of the original community from before the raid. The party quickly saw through this deception and dispatched the pretenders, leveling up in the process. After this, the group made their way up the spire attached to the Great Hall that was previously only open to the most senior clerics of the Order. At the top, they found a small, secret room containing a number of interesting things. Drosilia had another vision, and Jodi and Duncan investigated a strange sine artifact, which appeared to be powered by the pieces and which emitted a thrumming, vibrant aura that permeated the air. That brings us to right now. We're going to pick up where we left off, which is you've just slotted the piece into the, uh, I guess you could call it, antenna in the tower behind the Great Hole in Espera. And you felt that that feeling of the clean, crisp air has returned. What do you think you all do?
3: Yeah, I, I think Jody probably turns to Duncan and says, "Can you? Do you feel that, Duncan?" Yeah, <laughs> feels like home. I um, I just want to. We, don't don't let me forget the piece. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I, the more, I um, <laughs> I think we should leave it here, just while we're exploring. If that's okay with you.
2: That sounds pretty risky to me.
3: Okay, well, I've had like fifteen seconds of like uh, emotional and spiritual peace. But if you need to shut it off now because you're worried about us losing it, then of course, I, I do, should I go? I'll get it right
2: now. Is that right now? I mean, we you we can just sit here for a bit if you want. We can just take it in.
0: You can even have a short rest because
2: I think you guys are kind of jonesing for it, right? Yeah, I'd take a short rest.
1: Well, let's rest.
2: Yeah, I'd take a short rest
1: because I was not doing good after that. <laughs>
0: Hey, I will say this for hey. you guys. Um, whilst you're short resting, whilst this like antenna is active, when you spend a hit die, uh, or any number of hit dice, you can get an additional hit dice added to your short rest for free.
3: Ooh.
0: This is part of the, the game mechanic aspect of this like, Espera air that was sort of revered for being uh, good for recovery from, from illness and injury.
1: Yeah, fun. Makes that you makes feel good. beefy. Nice. Well, jo-
3: Jody,
0: Jody's a big old beefcake, so that makes sense. Is he, just? Oh, so, so beefy,
3: dude! Like a bloody beef Wellington. <laughs> Jody's new name is Beef Wellington. I hope, I hope we're all agreed. Now that he's <laughs> back, in, back in this room.
1: <laughs>
0: it's like, you know how you have, like, a hometown name? Like, like Jackson, when, when you still lived in Perth, yeah. we used to call you, um, uh, Silent J. But then you moved over to Sydney, yeah. and now you've become Jackson. <laughs> Actually, they're calling me Loud J over here, but, like, that's, which is, like, a, a direct, direct connection, which I think is quite nice. Is that just, like, you, like, just, like, reinventing yourself, like, when you moved over there? Everyone was like, oh, hey, so what, what's everyone's name? And you were just like, I'm, um loud J (laughs) and you just kind of like hoped no one would challenge you on that well like yeah exactly that I was just like I've just been
3: screaming the whole
0: time Okay, so you guys have had your long rest, you've recovered some hit points, and some additional hit points from breathing oh. this fun, clean, crisp Espera air. I'll say this, I'll say during the time that you guys are resting sort of in this this tower room, your hour of patching yourself up, you can take some time to, to look out the windows that we described before. I'll just I'll just give you a quick rundown of, of everything that you see out there, and then you can, you can know sort of what the lay of the land is in this monastery. So as I mentioned before, as you look out the central window, you can see down below The Great Courtyard. Off to the left, you've got the dormitories uh, and the mess hall, which would have been where, you know, most of the people will have stayed and and eaten meals. Uh, Off to the right, you've got... uh, The Tidy Hall? Yeah, that's right. You've got the messy hall on the left and the tidy hall on the right. On, on on the right, you instead have the the armory and or kind of workshop because one of the things that Esprao was known for, in addition to really good monks, was like fine craftsmanship.
2: Is that where they do all their work? Work, 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 work. <laughs>
0: yes, that's, that's where they do it. <laughs> Directly ahead, across the courtyard from the great hall and the spire that you guys are currently in, you can see the archway that leads into the courtyard and the road leading off away north off back into Carthus proper on the left and right side of this archway sort of directly opposing the hall you can see the apothecary slash the sort of medical bay on the left and the library on the right so what's the difference
2: mostly between a medical bay and a salt bay
0: well, one of them, Tom, is a early 2017 meme that I am astonished that you just referenced on our very 2018 podcast. Yeah, dude,
3: I forgot
0: about that. Like, about I, I had Salt made Bay?
3: room in my mind for <laughs> <anyone else.
2: laughs> I remember memes like they the 151 first Pokemon. <laughs> do you remember those? Yeah, dude. All right, I gonna name them all for you right go now. Go on, dude, do the Poker <clears> Hmm. <throat> No, I can't do the book, (laughs) right? If I had a piece of paper I could I could remember them all. You would have forgot Cloister. No, I wouldn't have. Not while we were in a monastery, I wouldn't have. You definitely would have forgot Arcanine. (laughs) No, never Arcanine. Arcanine? Come on, Arcanine. And or Electabuzz. Everyone no, never forget Electabuzz. Forgets Electabuzz. <laughs> okay, I lo- never forget an Electabuzz. <laughs> I am
0: putting you to the task. Not right now. Not on our podcast, How to Win Loot Influence Dragons. Um, But <laughs> definitely at some point in the future, under my supervision, I want you to write down all 150 Easy, One. dude. Easy? Easy. Can you do them in order?
2: No. No, but you no. reckon you could do them all? Yeah.
0: Okay, fine. Well, we'll, we'll get... There. You heard it here. I'm, I'm going to keep this in the show. This is a throwdown. Uh, at one point. <laughs> T's going to have to write this while I watch, and I'm going to post the results on Twitter so you can all yell at him. So, of course, uh, to continue describing the things that are in this monastery, left of the dormitory block and the mess hall, uh, sort of further off to the left, you have the walled garden, Jody, where you can see the great tree. And those are all the things that are here. After you finish your rest, what do you think you feel like doing?
3: Perhaps there seems to be some indication here with the talk about the relics and so on. Um, I think there's knowledge here that would be useful to us. Should we head to the library and see if if there's anything any more information about the cine?
1: Yeah, I think um, Josie maybe pipes up with the the notebook that she found. I think you're probably right, Jody.
0: Thank you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not used to positive feedback, so um, that's very
1: difficult <laughs> to say.
0: Cool. So do you think you wanna you wanna head downstairs and out through the great hall and into the courtyard? Sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah. Cool. So you guys head back down this sort of spiral, pitted spiral staircase that you recall, and then before you know it, you're standing back in the great hall, you move through the curtains, you're on the stage, you see this uh, dinner table next to the pile of the corpses of the people that you killed, <laughs> uh, and you can proceed out the the front door, these sort of grand double church-style doors, and down the steps into the courtyard. And as you step out into the courtyard, Jody you are struck by a memory and this is a memory of the day that Grandmaster Talitha brought everyone from the monastery together into the courtyard to hear some troubling news and a a new proclamation which was that considering the number of encroachments that had sort of recently been expelled by raiders who they had largely found to be war veterans and people who'd abandoned the war uh, who were just looking for easy spoils they would be for the first time ever, posting a guard of Enclave members at the entry to Espera. I'd say Jody was probably about maybe 13 at the time this announcement was made, and there was, like, some sense of concern, but, but nobody really believed that anything really could, could happen. And uh, you just remember that proclamation, and you remember Grandmaster Talitha sort of standing on the steps in front of the Great Hall, wearing her big white robes, and speaking to all the people who, who looked on with sort of sullen expressions.
1: Mm. So into the library?
0: Okay, so you guys walk into the library and it is, as Jody would remember, it's sort of like a low, wide building it's just bookshelves there's nothing that spectacular about it there's tables to read at in the centre there's not really like an administration desk or anything there's not like a place to to log books in or out or whatever it was just kind of like a little community library and what do you think you you guys have a nice pour through the shelves or or what? Uh,
3: Yeah I I mean I guess we're looking for anything sort of Cine related does it look like there's a um, is it like a more of like a restricted section
0: or anything like that like somewhere where (laughs) we might need like a lock and key to get into
1: maybe an invisibility cloak
0: I would say the restriction section library yes is probably the bit of the like bookshelves up in that top room of the spire where Dazilia found that cine ass notebook cool this was sort of like the the general area of the library for
2: people to peruse no naughty books here
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so in, in the course of searching the library for any cine related stuff can i get you guys to take some investigation checks for me
2: yeah boy the reason That's I can a three for your boy. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Big T? Five with my negative one. Uh-huh.
1: I got 15.
2: Oh, 15.
1: Nice. Hello. Okay.
0: Okay. 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 So I'll, I'll say this plays out as follows. Druzzy, having had some ex- recent exposure to this little Cine book that she found in the sort of secret library restricted section, you go looking through the shelves. In fact, this is probably something that you all notice pretty well. A lot of books seem like they've either been, like, just taken, or as Druzzy finds, sort of, uh, in a back corner, burnt in a brazier, she finds, like, The remains of some books charred in a pile. The books that do remain on the shelves are largely sort of inconsequential tomes. Things that you'd find in just about any library. Which, if you think about it, probably confirms any lingering doubts that you had about who was responsible for this, considering what you know about what happened to that other library that you visited, with all of the interesting scenario-related information being taken by the Kingsman. It's very
3: Last Crusade. (laughs) (laughs)
0: We had we had the rubbing as
3: well of that like uh, obel- obelisk statue thing as well. Yeah, like, the whole thing. We're, re- we're really like edu- we're going from Matthew Riley into like George Lucas. I think I'm very excited. I'm
0: so glad.
3: Did that George we Lucas
1: can... do Jane?
0: Are you are
2: you kidding? Grape seeds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't seen two and three.
2: Oh, grape seeds!
0: No, grape seeds chapel. By God. the way, Jacko, grape seeds is a fun new nickname for Gracie. Ah, oh, cool. Okay. The <laughs> uh, classic grape seeds. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, y- you find that most of the the relevant knowledge has been stolen from this library, as per the previous one. Do you leave and, and head out? You guys could split up for what it's worth if you
2: felt so inclined.
1: I don't know. I'm probably just following Jody around, like, yeah,
0: just like, hey, man, what's
2: this?
1: <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> was,
2: this is cool. Where should we go next, Jody?
3: I um, I feel like I would like to go visit the great tree.
0: Okay, you can walk sort of around the dormitory and find yourself out in the walled courtyard where Jody recalls many peaceful afternoons spent meditating and training his monk maneuvers and sparring with his best friend Tress. Can I hang out in the spa for a bit? Yeah, dude. There's a spa. There's a, there's a little hot spring, but
3: it's currently like cold. It's fucking luxurious, though, dude. Like next <laughs> yeah. time, next time, next time you wear an epera for summer, and it's like uh, ten years ago, and it hasn't been massacred. It
0: is beautiful. <laughs> the little hot spring. In the, in the period, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll paint the scene for you. I'll paint the scene for you. So you're walking out into this garden, and this garden is one that you remember being very well manicured, very well maintained by the monks and clerics. And at the centre of it all are these sort of concentric rings of bushes and shrubs with corridors through them leading towards this great tree in, in the center of the garden and pretty much at all points within the garden you can look out over these sort of slightly above waist high walls that, that ring the outside of it out to the sea beyond which is so the Esper is sort of I imagine on this sort of jutting peninsula which has sort of sheer cliffs heading down to the sea and these walls sort of ring the garden sort of between the edge of the garden and the sea but of course now 10 years after anyone's been taking care of it the well manicured garden that you remember is is long gone and it's, it's really an overgrown mess. What bushes remain, are sort of spilling out and, and overgrowing the corridors that have been cleared in the past. But the great tree remains a, a mere ten years on in the lifespan of a tree. Mm. I think as
3: uh, as like we're walking through this, like I guess more not wilderness, but you know, it's like sort of overgrown. I think Jody is probably like leading the way and like talking back to his friends as he's moving. And yeah, probably just something along the lines of, I had this um. I had this friend called, called Tress when I was at the monastery. Like it was it was not a sort of place where um people didn't get along. A lot of people were uh refugees or veterans from the war and um people were mostly happy for a place to be safe and to have a sense of community. Um but Tres was uh he, he was my oldest and uh closest friend, I suppose. I she was this this, uh gnomish woman she had this mess of red curls and just this bright spark essentially she she was wonderfully talented and gifted and um, as a cleric like her ability to help others and to heal was um astounding i am um, I actually <laughs> I used to want to be a cleric originally but I, I didn't really have the knack
0: okay so you find yourself before too long at the foot of the great tree and what do you think what do you think jody wants i think you can definitely sort of like in in the presence of this of this tree you sort of feel like a connection to this place and to this past and you you feel like a part of yourself that you've been avoiding is sort of now being confronted and and brought to light
3: yeah i mean i think jody probably wants to get
0: like to Touch the tree, right? Like to like get close and like lean against it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's nice, dude. I think I think Jody has like a moment of of peace and reflection with this tree, and I wanted to give I wanted to give you a game mechanic advantage for this. And what I was thinking was upon sort of confronting his past and reconnecting with his roots, in particular the place that he engaged in his monk training, the game mechanic aspect of that is that you have an additional key point. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah, so you can do more fun little combat things. Do you have anything you want to do here or are we moving on? I mean, like, it's, (laughs) and I I was going to say this is off mic, but you can actually sort of keep it in
3: the show. Like, as a character, right, like, this is, like, a huge thing for him to to be confronting. I think it's more, like, it's just, like, this reflection, right? Like, he hasn't been to this place in, like, ten years, and, like, everything about the physical landscape has changed in some way, and it's familiar in other ways. And so I think he's just trying to come to grips with that because like his experiences at the monastery really molded him as a person and now he's at this sort of like turning point where he's not sure what he needs to do or be and so I guess he's trying to like sort of like work through all that really
1: Do you want us to give you a moment, Jody?
3: I'd actually um I'd like you to stay close if possible. I might just sit and and think and meditate for a few minutes if that's okay.
0: Yeah. Sure. Sure. And now we're going to have several minutes of in podcast silence while you j- <laughs> Jodie meditates. So you at home, let's do a little like guided meditation with like Jackson. You said guiding the audience through what Jody's doing right now. Just like to sit, find some room, find some space, sit down, you know, take some big deep breaths, feel the weight yeah. of the
2: air around you on your skin. If there are any old trees near where yeah. you live, go get go under Go touch that. one. Go get yourself some monk <laughs> energy by, by embracing an old tree. Find your key points, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Find them. Embrace love them, them. Use them.
0: Yeah. So after some meditation in the glade here, <laughs> do you think it's time? Do you think you guys move on? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I I, I would like to point out, uh, the dormitory uh, and the mess hall have like a, a back entrance onto this sort of private glade. So rather than walking like back around the dormitory and back into the courtyard, you could cut through the dormitory if you felt so inclined.
2: Well, I've never been afraid of a back door. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, God,
2: so no. like my character I mean,
0: shape. I hate the
3: sentiment, but I think Jody agrees with Duncan.
2: He's a bit of a drinker. He loads contrived rules, and then it just says dirty jokes. It doesn't even. Yes, he loves dirty him. jokes. It says the concept of dirty <laughs> jokes. One of his personality traits is dirty jokes. <laughs> well,
0: I'd say that you've been. You know what? Have a point of inspiration. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because you have been bearing that out without failure. Okay. So you guys walk in through the back door of this dormitory, and the inside, you see pretty quickly, is shambles. In my mind, this this dormitory is sort of like a a two-story building, sort of long, uh, thin, there were sort of a, a number of private rooms and double rooms. The sort of younger clerics were sharing rooms. Uh, clerics and monks but the, the older certainly got their own and I think by I think by the time that the, the massacre occurred which correct me if I'm wrong Jody was 15 at the time uh, he probably would have had his own room and I think that was probably up on the second floor but as you enter the dormitory, you're struck by this memory, again, of yourself and Tress and a few of your other friends one night sneaking back from the mess hall, having stolen some extra bread rolls and apples after dinner, a few wedges of hard and soft cheese, just, just having a nice little, little night snack, and you know, like like kids do, but being caught by the sort of uh, custodian of the dormitory, Redmond, who quickly shooed you away, you dropped your spoils and and, and ran back to your rooms.
1: Do you guys know that... When we were kids, me and my siblings used to have little slices of cheese on slices of apple and we called it a (laughs) chaffle. Oh no, Ben, are you okay?
2: You've broken him.
3: Oh, that
1: was so funny
2: though. Yeah, Yeah, I, like, I should you not... Uh, my brother and I used to have a cheese and apple as well, and we called it an Owen. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because,
3: like, because like anything, like any leftovers we got our hands on, we just called used, and like that's like.
0: Kind <laughs> of uh, our <laughs> oh god! Oh Jesus! I like that. It's me, your big, big European boy, Dungeon Master, just checking in in the middle of the show. I'm currently in Switzerland, which is pretty cool, but you didn't come here to hear about in my life. You came here to hear about our good friends, Duncan, Drasilia, and Jody. Thanks, as always, for listening to the show. It really means a lot. We're seeing continued growth in listeners, which is just awesome. We know we can continue to grow, though, so if you haven't shared or rated or reviewed the show, please go and give that some thought. It actually helps a lot more than you might think. But really, thank you so much for listening and helping us grow as much as you already have. Also, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Noodle King. that's at WilsonXDavidson on Twitter, for tweeting at us and talking about the show. Thanks, Wilson, slash Coca. Go show him some love. He deserves it. I cannot believe this is episode 25. It's really all of you listening and engaging that gives us the motivation to keep making it. So, if you want us to give you some love, please go ahead and tweet or Facebook or Reddit or whatever, at or about us, and we might do just that. Anyway, thanks as always. I won't take up any more of your time. Enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, yeah, so that's the that's the little Jody memory I have for the dormitory and mess hall here. Do you guys think you want to do some exploring of this of this building or are you just walk him back out into the courtyard? So this is the dorm and mess hall, hey. Yep, so you've been dorm and mess hall, you've been library, you've got apothecary and sort of like armory left to check out.
3: Can we head up to, have we been up to Jody's room yet? You can
0: definitely go up there, but you haven't been.
3: Yeah, I I think Jody wants to head up to his old room.
0: Okay, cool. Jody can, can head up to his old room. He, he walks up these creaky but still intact familiar stairs and you're sort of walking past these other rooms where you can see sort of possessions, none of any significant value strewn about. Sort of You can see the remnants of chaos, of, of people leaving in a hurry. There's furniture tipped over. And as you get up onto the second story, it's, it's all the same picture. You walk down this sort of small narrow corridor and the last room on the right on the top floor... Belong to one Jody Mastana. I think Jody probably walks in, and he does. And you can see from the the window again back out onto the glade, the tree, and the sea beyond. Uh, there's sort of like a, a small sort of futon-style mattress and and a shelf, and and that's about it.
1: No um, teen heartthrobs pinned up on the wall.
0: Well, that's really up to Jody, isn't it? There's a Rita Hayworth poster with like <laughs> a hammer
3: behind
1: it.
0: Covering a hastily spooned-out <laughs> hole in the wall.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, and, and, and you're and a fan and of spoonerisms too.
0: We get a scene where like <laughs> Duncan lifts up the poster and finds the hole, and then like the camera spins around and like disappears down into the hole on like Duncan's terrified face yeah. as he realizes that um uh, that Tim Jody Robbins, is gone. Tim Robbins is gone. Is yeah, no, J- no, but J-
3: J- Jody's gone as well now. Jody's on a beach somewhere in the Caribbean.
0: Let's press on, shall we?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, like, Jody would have had, like, old sort of, like, robes and shit like that. Like, uh, do any of them still exist, or have they long since, like, sort of, like, withered away or, or, like, disappeared?
0: I don't think ten years is a long enough time for, like, linen robes to disintegrate. I think Jody can definitely yeah. find some old childhood robes if he wants. Some of these, yeah. like, plain, like, rough-spun white monk robes.
3: Cool, cool.
0: I think Jody just, like,
3: takes, like,
0: some of the fabric, essentially. Just, like, rips a piece off and, like, keeps it. Oh, nice. Does he want to, like, stitch it into, like, make, like, cool elbow patches for his fun, like, fun silk shirt?
3: For his elbow, dude. He's going straight to the skin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Grotesque. Oh, no. Sick. no. No, 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 I, I no. Think, I think he's just sort of, like, just keeping it in his pack, you know? Yeah, cool. That's nice. Are we Are we heading back out into the courtyard to head over to the apothecary?
3: Yeah, I think let's go to the Apothecary next.
2: If Danny Potion isn't there, I'm going to be upset.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus. That'd be that'd be a plot twist. Yeah, you get in there and it's Giles <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I've been here all along! Was that what he sounded like? I think it was. I could have been. Yeah, fucking pitch-perfect Giles. All right, so you guys walk down the stairs, back through the dormitory, the sort of ruined dormant, and out into the courtyard. And, and as you walk into the courtyard, Jodie... You're struck by another memory and I think you're a little bit older now and you are sitting there on the side of the courtyard with Tress and a few of your other friends and you're you're watching some of these older Enclave clerics sort of like spar a little bit and, and they're hitting each other with hammers and blocking the blows and they're sparring and they're practicing their magics and I think after seeing some cantrips fired off, Jody sort of turns to Tress and, and remarks that he wishes that he could do some of that stuff you know like he, he'd always kind of wanted to be a cleric as you, you indicated in the glade i think tress turns back to you with her gnomish face and says with a half smile i think we can manage that now now you're back in the courtyard so do you proceed over as the apothecary yeah i think so Okay, so you walk into the apothecary and what you would see pretty quickly is like the scars of the battle are are present here as well. Sort of the the main room has sort of a number of little medical bays. There's sort of high beds with benches next to them. And then often the other room is is, is a big storeroom full of sort of like ointments and potions and, and things like that. Most of them have been either broken or taken. But can I get some investigation checks from you all? Sure thing, dude. 17 three with the three and the seven like uh duncan and drosilia are kind of poking around in that back room and you guys find to your credit you managed to find two unshattered healing potions which are not the the minor ones that do like 2d4 i think they are the next one up which is what 44 plus 4 you managed to find two of those with your shitty shitty checks because this was a (laughs) well-stocked storm one of the things Espera was most well known for was of course it's great healers And I think as Jody's is pouring through what's left over in in sort of this main triage area, he finds, hastily stuffed away under some bowled-up old linen, a cool necklace, which... Jody, you probably instantly recognize as one of the sort of really cool workings of Espera, one of the really cool things that they were able to make. This was like something that like a a cleric, one of the senior clerics would spend a year or more trying to, to work to make just one of these things. And you kind of get the impression that when the invaders came, this one cleric decided at least they would hide this and prevent it from falling into the wrong hands. The game mechanic of this cool necklace is basically like, if you are wearing it, and you get dropped to zero hit points, you're instantly stabilized. But what Jody would know it as is just like essentially like a magical life preserver.
3: Jody probably turns to his friends and being and is like
0: You guys meet up to discuss what you found and you two are like, oh we found these healing potions.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Jody's like flexing. No, I think I think I think Jody's in a more of a sentimental mood. These necklaces, I I remember um finding out about them as a child and being so amazed. If you um it seemed to like save people's lives I, I remember when we started keeping guard um a few years before the attack there was very rarely a skirmish but when there was these these necklaces are what saved people's lives you you know that uh, the one of the spells i used to sort of bring people back to stabilize them um this is kind of like that i guess in, in necklace form does it keep them away from zero like does, does it bring them back to one or does it just like instantly stabilise them rather it instant stabilise than... it's it's essentially
0: spare the dying Right. Yeah. once a day it'll cast spare the dying if you drop to zero mm-hmm. hit points Why? Well, yeah I
3: think um, Jody probably takes it and then Josie Dr- Dr- uh, I'd like to thank you for I don't know coming, coming with me so far and um I don't know <laughs> what what is happening
1: <laughs> it's a dog um, <laughs>
3: Oh my god.
1: Do you guys know that I just dropped out for like five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. just, just, just just be flattered when yeah, Jackson just, gives so, you this thing. So
0: so Jody is currently in the process of bestowing a fun magic oh, item. That is too on, funny. On you should
2: always keep that. <laughs>
0: to be fair like
3: there's no other way that would happen that Jody goes to Druzzy to give her something and she's not even in the fucking call.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like, She's so not upset. even on this plane of existence. <laughs> she's okay now.
3: Dr- Druzzy is terrific. Um yeah, I think I think Jody's standing in front of Druzzy just like clicking he- clicking his fingers like trying to get it like snapped to. Yeah. Him. yeah. Um, and then, A- and A- then K- like <laughs> Yeah, 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 and then it's just like thank goodness I I thought we um I thought we lost you. Did you well, have another vision? <laughs> now that you, yeah. Did you have another vision? Yeah. Um. Now that you're now that you're back, um, I think you should you should keep this as a memento of of this place and um, as a thank you for, for uh, for being here. I, I, I appreciate it. And then, like Jody, like, ter- like, like, sort of smiles, and then turns and looks back at Duncan, and he's like mouthing, "Like, I
1: really hope
0: there's something else
1: in the other room. I really appreciate it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit blinged up then, because I've yeah, really you got, got like two, you got like two necklaces,
0: necklaces on, yeah, yeah, I know, you know two had, chains,
1: yeah, two chains. Oh, nice, <laughs> dude! Like a, like a, like a thing, yeah, like
2: a totally wrapped
1: thing. Yeah, yeah, two chains. One Total totally. cheese chain, one apple chain. So is that equivalent to, um, <laughs> nice, dude? me um, <laughs> causing my death save.
2: Yeah, you just instantly
0: are stabilized and don't have to take death saves when you drop a zero hit right. points once per day. All right, so are you guys heading out of the Apothecary? Yeah. Okay. Hey,
3: hey, I think let, 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 let's head through to the Armoury now.
0: I have a, a slightly more extended uh, memory for you than Jody, connecting the Apothecary back to the Courtyard. This is like a a very specific memory that Jody has uh, as he sort of turns around and and casts his eyes around the apothecary once more before heading back into the courtyard. He remembers a series of days and and a number of weeks and months spent... Basically following Tress around on her rotations when she was rostered on working with one of the sort of older, more experienced clerics in the apothecary, just trying to soak up whatever knowledge he could. And he remembers like a number of nights spent late in the apothecary and late in the library where she was teaching him these cantrips that he knows. Spare the dying. And what's the other one that you know? Bless. And like just a a little bit of cleric. Guidance. Yeah. Yeah. And in particular, you remember probably the last of the sort of long tutoring sessions that you had with Tress, which was in, in this very apothecary where you now stand, where she was sort of like demonstrating firsthand how to use some of these minor cleric magics on some patients that had come in in a time of peace. But then you both sort of heard a bell ringing in the spire and you had to go because, of course, you were running late for probably the most important moment of either of your young lives at that point, which was... I mean, Jody's fifteen, but Tress, of course, a year older, was sixteen, and this is the day that she's being accepted into the Enclave. You've got to go get ready. You've got to. You've got to get there. And and you remember now, as you're walking back out into the courtyard, that ceremony, and it's the proudest Jody has ever been in his life, watching Tress march through the center of the courtyard with the procession of the new Enclave recruits. Up onto the steps in front of the great hall and be bestowed with their red and gold sashes, marking their acceptance into the enclave by Grandmaster Talitha herself. And Jody is just looking on. I mean, Tress, of course, deserves this. She's always been one of the most talented, worked the hardest, and and Jody's hopeful that if he if he keeps working hard, maybe next year when he turns sixteen, he could make it too. Hmm.
3: I think Jody had actually forgotten that and so i think a sort of somewhat pained smile comes to his face because i think he'd completely almost like
0: forgotten that moment okay so the last building uh in Espera is the workshop slash armory which as i've kind of mentioned a little bit but just to put a fine point on it in addition to having really good healers one of the other things that Espera was known for was having really amazing craftsmen there was this workshop that Jody distinctly remembers not really being allowed to spend much time in as a young boy. There was sort of these, like, gruff, older uh, clerics and, and monks who would sort of tell the, the kids to buzz off if they sort of tried to get into the workshop. And there were always rumours that they had something special in there. I bet it was Rihanna. <laughs> okay! <laughs> <laughs> work, 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 work! Joke I made earlier. It's oh, a callback. Nice. That's where they do their Rihanna work. Yeah, very good. Dude. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. no, they they had something in there that allowed them to do this work that made these really fine artifacts, like um the necklace. And as you walk into the workshop, you don't. Really recognize it much but it is like a series of workbenches and anvils and at the far end of this sort of large the empty room it almost sort of seems like there's like there's there's bare racks on the walls where you know weapons and items might have once been stored but down the far end of the room there is like a big metal door uh joey's probably only been in this room like once or twice in his life and this metal door was always closed but you notice that it's kind of hanging ajar a little bit and and buckled a little bit, almost as if it's been kind of ripped back off its sort of locked frame by tremendous force. I think we, like, yeah, head to the door and peek in. As you sort of peek around the corner or or perhaps pull this this door open, you see a small, fully enclosed, non-windowed back room, on this workshop and it's it's quite bare but sort of center stage is these two enormous pieces of workshop equipment one of them appears to be a grindstone but it's made of this really really dark stone you don't sort of immediately recognize and and next to it there is like a slightly oddly shaped anvil made of this very very dark metal that Duncan perhaps immediately recognises as being the same metal that makes his sword. I
3: move towards the grindstone and I sort of, like, encourage the others to come with me.
0: Yeah, cool. You can, you can head over. It's this epic-looking grindstone. Like, in, you're just struck by, like, its presence. It seems, like, more than what it is. It seems special. Maybe even a little bit magical. Ooh. Uh... Metals
2: rock, right? In a sense, but this is also a stone. This grindstone. Oh! Oh! Well, well, in that case, I'm going to need to know what I know about this grindstone. (laughs) I was like, why is he sleeping on this? I was like, I've given
0: him the fucking softest lob for a stone knowledge check I've ever done in my life. And he's just staring at me like, oh, cool, dude. What's up with this big stone? Go on, mate. Oh, um... 11. (laughs) 11 is not that good, but I will say uh, you run your hand over it and you can feel like, one, this is like no stone you've seen before, but also just like generally speaking, an 11 is enough for you to feel sort of a vague undercurrent of
2: magical energy coming off this thing. I feel like I need to sharpen my sword on it. Yeah? Yeah. I guess like I whip it out and just put it to it. So, without saying anything to his friends, Dumkhan just, like, runs his hand over
0: this big grindstone and is like, hmm... Pulls out his sword and just gets to work sharpening it. Yeah, dude. Yeah? Okay, cool. As the, like, s- the dark metal of the sword touches the dark stone of the grindstone, this feels right immediately. Like, the two <laughs> click together in this real, just sort of noticeable way, that it just feels like this is... These two things have been apart a long time and maybe you're coming back together. You can sharpen that blade up, my dude. I'm going to
2: sharpen it up. You know I am.
0: And what that means for you, my friend, Thomas Owen, in in a gameplay context, is that this sword now has plus one against anything that's not metal. So if you're cutting through like Mm. leather armor or cloth or something, you get an additional plus one to your attack rolls. Just the attack roll? Just attack. Yeah, cool, cool. What do you guys think you're doing?
1: I think um, Drozzy is starting to get a bit antsy, maybe tapping her toes. Oh, yeah? I mean, foot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tapping her toes?
3: (laughs) I think Jordy probably turns to his friends and is like, what are we, where do we go from here? What do you all think? Because there's an argument to say that we already have some of the pieces and, like, do we just take these and hide them away or try to destroy them? Or um, I feel like we've been moving forward for so long and we haven't stopped to think.
2: Well, my sword's sharp, so I think we find something to cut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Josie says, I'm quite, you know, intrigued to see where this path takes us.
3: I have a couple of thoughts. This this, this place has been, um, I guess, provoking in that sense. We could, we could head to Hanelport and we could... Um, well, I think we need, to, we need to rendezvous back with Garrick and see what the plan is, but potentially Hanelport, right? I guess where I'm at... This place it could be I was I was thinking about the the refugees from sanctuary and that maybe Espera could um could find that life again, you know, to could have people here and um maybe it it, it too deserves a new start. I also think that whoever is responsible for this I want to find them and I want to kill them.
2: I mean, mate, that's that's what I'm saying about my sharp sword. Like, on the one hand, I'm a little bit lost in the moment of the grindstone, but
3: yeah, no, I certainly thought I was connected. I wasn't saying uh, in addition to that, but um, I was just saying I was uh, agree. I guess because it's a bit of a different uh, change, a change of pace for me, um, in a sense to say something like that. So I was just <laughs> specifying. But that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's the same thing. Of course. Well, I I like yeah, I like your
2: pace.
0: Yeah. I like to of your jib. It's cool. I'm going to say at this point, your sending stones crackle to life. Uh, you feel an incoming message. Because we haven't actually established this. It's probably night time. You guys left in the morning. You spent a couple hours travelling through the web, which, as we know, does funny things to time. It's night now. And you get a little message from Garrick. And he's saying, Come in, guys. Uh, where, what's going on? We haven't heard from you all day. What's uh, everything, everything cool? You guys... Uh, you make it down to Espera? What's what's the deal?
3: We found it here. We we made it to Espera. Um, there were some bandits. We cleared them out. And um, it's still standing. We were thinking, well, I was thinking perhaps that um, it could be a good place for Andrea and the other refugees to, to settle, perhaps.
0: I think that's a bloody good idea, Jody. I think getting them there is going to be hard and that that's a nice segue because i know what you might be thinking you might be thinking oh i'll just put them all through the web and, and get them all there get them all there right quick and maybe we can but uh i'm gonna hand you over to alvar here because we've 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 actually figured figured a few things out after consultation with uh elena and uh and reading that uh that book that you left behind that you guys found in the tower in the web i'll just let him tell it and uh alvar gets on and he says Hello, um, yes, uh,
2: this is what I sounded like, I <laughs> believe. Uh, can anyone remind me? I think this is roughly it. I've suffered a lot of head traumas during combat, and honestly, at this point, I don't remember what anybody sounds like apart from Garrett because he basically just sounds like me. Yeah, it's about right. Says Garrett from the other side of the session. <laughs> yes, okay, uh, I'll, I'll just cut
0: right to it. Um. Remember how uh, Elena said that uh, I think he was a little more like this? Yes, that sounds a little more right. No? Yes? Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, uh, yes. It was, yes. What if you this just is, do
2: something completely new with this is. This is
0: right, I believe. Uh, this, is, this is Alpha. This, this feels right. Ah, um, uh, yeah, there we go. Yes. Uh, remember when we were talking to Elena about uh, the fact that uh, the Eastern League had some access to the web, they seemed to have some pieces, and they maybe couldn't get into uh, Carthus with them, but now it seemed like they could... Uh, yes, we've- we've been able to shed some light on that topic. Um, you see, it seems that the web is not actually one uniform location, but, in fact, a number of sort of disjoint subspaces, if you will. Uh, a few smaller webs that- that can be connected, and- can be sealed off from one another. Uh, we haven't yet quite nailed down what enables or disables the different sort of subwebs from communicating with each other, but it seems like something happened that connected the subweb in the Eastern League to the subweb in the Ashwood. Uh, at least that's as best we can understand it based on the intel that we're gathering. We sent Chiron uh, off this morning, uh, shortly after you, to, to go gather some intel. Obviously, we haven't heard anything yet. But uh, he'll, he'll report in when he's boots on the ground in the Ashwood. But suffice to say, we believe that the, the subwebs are rejoining and uh, we don't know which ones are connected to which as yet.
2: Do you reckon a subweb is kind of like a subreddit?
0: Yeah, I think it is, dude. Um, and and as you say that, Elena chimes in and says, Oh, hey, uh, I just wanted to have some input here as well. Um, also, cool thing I figured out, uh, not something from the book, just something I knew that, uh, you know, I figured I'd throw in my two cents, if you will. Uh, 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 Elena's angle, that's what I'm going to call it. We can have one of these every time we <laughs> chat if you like. I'll have a little special thing that I'll say. Uh, Elena's angle on this one is uh, when when you go through an obelisk and, and travel around the web, uh, despite the fact that uh, time is is contracted... Direction is preserved. If you're facing north, you'll come out facing north. You walk north, you'll be walking north. So I- important information uh, for web travelers such as yourselves. And uh, Garrick is giving me the wrap-up signal. So all right, I'll see you guys later. Uh, ha- I hope you're all right. And uh, then she actually gets cut off middle of those last words as Garrick is like, "Yeah, uh, she um she had some things to say, but she really
2: just does go on, doesn't she?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: she does a little
2: the whole thing hoping we're alright I can't help but worry I've given her Stockholm Syndrome <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: she sounds very on board with our whole plan yeah I mean I- I'm actually glad that you know she's being friendly because after we had to kill the lady I fell in love with on the staircase <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: We really are looking for a season arc romance for Duncan, and it is very difficult. He keeps killing all of his romantic
0: interests. That's right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, his profile needs a lot of work.
0: (laughs) His profile within like the Carthan social scene.
1: Yeah, his
2: profile needs fugitive (laughs) ex-soldier,
1: murderer (laughs) at large, enemy
0: of the king, (laughs) persona non (laughs) grata. (laughs) This <laughs> profile needs a little work, let's be realistic. <laughs> uh, so do you guys have any information to, to re-impart to your friends in Analog? Um, is, it, is it safe to say that you just kind of tell them about uh, learning that there was this, like, Cine antenna and this other, like,
2: Cine relic? Also, the, the broken obelisk. we got to tell them about that. Yeah, cool. So you tell them about that as well? Mm-hmm. You tell them that you've, like, got, you've like. got a rubbing?
1: So we might be coming to believe that the Eastern League are sort of on their way in.
0: Uh, well, there was renewed fighting in the Ashwood, but it seemed like they could access the subweb. Well, they think. That's their hypothesis. Their current hypothesis is that the Eastern League were able to get into the subweb that you guys were in when you were in the Ashwood.
3: Where are we heading, essentially? Are we heading to Hannelport now? Because like, maybe we just messaged that back.
1: Yeah, I think we should. Okay. Um, oh, this isn't 25 words anymore, is it? No, okay. unlimited. Oh.
0: Unlimited, mate. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Mate. Hey, <laughs> I <had> to...
1: guys. <laughs> How's it going? Um, good to talk to you again. Uh, just wanted to let you know, we're going to Hanleport, gonna go look for the piece. Love you lots. Screw Flanders.
0: <laughs> nice, oh, just for old time's sake. I think you get like a chuckle yeah, back yeah. from Garrick, it's and like Alva's kind of like, um, what's with the, the, who's Flanders? Um, uh, never mind. Um, you're heading to Hanleport. Okay, good news. Um, Let's stay in touch. Uh, we're still kind of working on that secret backdoor uh, assault that you maybe wanted to try, Duncan, but Hanalport seems like a, a good port of call, uh, if you will. Uh, excuse my uh, word play, as it were. Um, yes, okay. <laughs> how you are you going to head to Hanuport?
3: Um Should we hop back into the SS friendship? <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing I'd rather
2: do, Jody.
3: That's not true, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys uh, are... <laughs>
2: you know me too well mate
0: so alright as I understand it you guys are gonna basically leave the armory and head back into the courtyard before heading down through the stairs of the great hall to get into your uh, good mm-hmm. ship friendship and back out into the web and yeah. Yeah. before that happens that's 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 where you guys are going next And and on your way out of the armory Jody you're struck by by one more memory okay Jody you remember a very specific day You'd practiced all morning to get the cantrip guidance down pat, studying the notes you had and working through the motions, and you finally got it, and you were so excited. You just had to show Tress. She'd be so proud. So you ran out into the courtyard from the library to find her. There were people walking between the buildings, a few people sparring. It was just like any other afternoon in the sleepy Espera that you'd known from your childhood. And then a horn blew out and cut through that crisp, clean afternoon air. Jody, you'd heard this horn only once before on the day that Grandmaster Talitha announced the patrols that would keep Espera safe from invaders. This was the horn that was meant to alert people that an attacking force was moving in and that people needed to take cover. But that couldn't be, it had never happened before. Every other raid had been a small group easily dispatched by the highly trained monks and clerics of the Enclave. For them to actually blow the horn, could there really be danger? And then all at once, it's chaos around you in your memory. People are running everywhere, most to the relative shelter of the dormitory or the Great Hall. Some are looking for friends and family, making sure they're safe too. And another group were heading in a decidedly different direction, taking up arms and streaming solemnly towards the main entry to Espera, towards the threat. You spot Tress's tangle of red hair through the crowd. She's fully suited up and with a determined expression is carrying her warhammer and charging towards the sound of the horn. She almost runs headlong into you, standing dumbstruck in the middle of the square. Her expression changes. She looks sad. Sad and deeply concerned for her best friend. She looks at you and says, Jodie, what are you standing around for? You, You have to run! And Jody does.
3: How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network, and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newset. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.